listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma, and I'm your host, Trish Glose. Recipe developer and food blogger Kayla Howie on the podcast today. She's the incredibly talented chef behind the food blog, The Original Dish. Now, there's a lot I could say about this conversation and interview. I loved it so much, but I want to make the intro pretty quick. I want to get right to Kayla. When I asked if food was important to her family growing up, it was this overwhelming yes, 100%. And I'm going to let her tell that story. It's not only incredible, it's so sweet and fun, and it hit me in all the feels. After college, culinary school is calling her name, so off to Napa she went. And she calls that experience somewhat dreamy, from the instructors to the people, the environment she was in, the community she was surrounded by, even some of the restaurant work she did after culinary school. She just says... It was wonderful. When that was done, she came home and it was this idea of what now? What's next? And yep, you guessed it. That's where the food blog made its entrance. Slowly but surely, she saw her followers increase. She saw interest grow. And what I love about Kayla is every answer was full of thoughtfulness, intent. And now, Looking at her food, that makes a lot of sense because every recipe is full of intent and full of a lot of thought. And I love that. Here's Kayla Howie. First thing I want to tell you, Kayla Howie, is it's about damn time. <laughs> it really, it really is. Um, I have to throw you just a little bit of shade. Um, I got an email from you in January of this year, 2024. And you were like, I am so sorry. I'm cleaning out my inbox. If the offer still stands, I'd love to be on your podcast. And I was like, woohoo, because you've been on my list for such a long time. I didn't realize how long until I went back and looked at that original email I sent you, which was in October of 2022. (laughs) So embarrassing. And this is so funny because I'm sure there are a lot of people who, if they were listening to this, they would be like, oh, she sent me an email two years later as well. (laughs) So here's the thing, though. I believe in it was not our time in 2022 or 2023. Our time is right now, sister, right now. We're meant to be, and here we are. Okay. Kayla Howie, you're a recipe developer. You're a food blogger. You're the beauty and the brains behind the original dish. Um, I follow you on Instagram where you have 379,000 followers. Your food, the things that you post... It's just, I think the one one of the reasons you're my favorite is because it's all the things that are great. It's like, you've got some meat dishes, then you've got some comfort dishes, then you've got some healthy things. Like, I just love the food that you create. It's absolutely drool-worthy. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, I just really appreciate it. And I, I love people who love food. So I just like the fact that you can connect to it and see all of that in it is just amazing. Me too. I love people who love food. And I love to, um, Julia Child said that actually, um, the people who love, people who love to eat are the best people. Um, but I also love talking food with food nerds. Like we can geek out over how do you do this? What's your technique? What's your favorite fill in the blank? Totally. I mean, it's honestly kind of a different language that like people, who are in it and love it and kind of have made their world and career about it, just get it. And it's so fun to talk about food with people. So I'm so excited to chat with you and just, yeah. Well, we're going to talk lots about food, but I want to start from the beginning. You're actually joining us uh, via Zoom today from Chicago. That's where you're from, right? Yes. From Chicago. I was born um, and raised in the um, Southern suburbs. Um, Lived here pretty much all my life, except for a little stint out in California. So Chicago is where I'm at. I have this idea that the suburbs of Chicago are very John Hughes-like. It's just a John Hughes movie all the time. Is that accurate? (laughs) It's not accurate. Okay. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to burst the bubble. (laughs) Um, What was it? You know, it's it's actually hilarious because as I've been in the city now living here for about uh, six years and growing up in the suburbs of it, you really don't come to the city all that much. You come here for, you know, a random Sunday night with your family going to a a movie or a dinner. But like, it really wasn't until my twenties that I was like really experiencing Chicago. So it was a very, you know, pretty standard 
uh, childhood out in the suburbs. Love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, um, your childhood. What was, was food important growing up? It was. It, so big family history when it comes to food for me. My dad, when he was in um, uh, pre-med at Loyola here in Chicago, he got into a um, connection with this pizza owner and he started this huge uh, Chicago pizza company in Chicago. So him doing that my whole life and like for my brothers, us growing up with that, I mean, it was just kind of, it was a huge part of our life. Sure. Um, and Chicago, pizza is very important in Chicago, as as I understand it. It's very important. There's definitely some, you know, people like to battle it out with the Chicago pizza here. But we, our company's Nancy's Pizza, and um, the main thing we do is we invented the stuffed pizza. So that's kind of the company's, you know, claim to fame there. So he um, worked with the original owner. Uh, wanted to kind of take this small mom and pop pizza shop um, and franchise it and create it, you know, into something bigger. So he's done that his whole life. And now it's a whole family affair where we're all on board. And I'm, you know, I worked uh, full time with the company for a couple of years. And now I'm more of a here and there. I help them with projects and stuff, but it's just so fun to do it all together. Oh, I'm sure. Was it, um, did the family help help out back in the day when this was just getting started or is it more helping out now? So when it was getting started, my mom and dad actually met at uh, one of the original Nancy's. So she was like, wait, this um, this was his, I mean, it's a really long story. So like he was going to pre-med, he loved going to this pizza place and it was owned by Rocco and Nancy, um, who could barely speak English. They just loved, you know, they created this stuff, pizza, they were doing their thing. He came in, started working with them, opened up another location, was the manager. Um, uh, yeah, my mom was a waitress there. They met, you know, he was her boss and that's where they met. And then she kind of kept working there. Her parents got involved. My grandma would um, make pizzelles, um, the Italian sort of wafer kind of cookie. Um, and it was a whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Is your family Italian? Yes. Okay. We are mainly Italian. That's kind of like if I were to say what we grew up mm-hmm. like tradition in food, definitely Italian. We're also Polish. So we have a lot of like Polish traditions with food as well. Um, And yeah. I was hoping you were going to say Polish. I'm part Polish. So I was really hoping for that because I know that's a big community Uh, in Chicago, right? It is. Mm -hmm. Um, Big Polish community. Like I said, we weren't, I'm only about 25% Polish. So I would say like from my memories and anything revolving like just how it felt like with traditions and everything Italian, like is just what I remember. Yeah. Our, my Polish side is, I don't want to say watered down. That makes it sound bad, but I had an Oma and we ate goulash. And so like, <laughs> there was yeah, there was definitely some influence there, but not, not super heavy. Um, I have to ask, did your dad finish? Like, was he pre-met? Did he just drop all of that together and just focus on the restaurant? He dropped it. Um, it wow. was a really chance encounter that Rocco, you know, had some legal papers that he was like needing read. And my dad happened to be there and helped him out with this one task. And they like formed this friendship and he just became so invested. And I mean, truly, if you've, I don't know if you had Chicago stuffed pizza, it's, I know I'm biased, but it is truly such a magnificent product that he like tasted back then. And he just like, found this passion to make that kind of his whole life. So he dropped pre-med and just started to build that business. It sounds a little like he kind of saved Rocco and Nancy a little bit. A little bit. You know, they were just, it was such a different time, obviously, for food and restaurants, but they were just these passionate, Mm -hmm. you know, Italian folks who just loved to make their pizza. And he just saw this whole bigger world of what it could be. And, um, you know, it went on the controversy. It's really that Giordano's is a huge pizza brand and company in Chicago. And um, 
they, you know, everyone's claiming they did it first, all this stuff. And they claim to have invented stuffed pizza as well. But the funny thing is the two uh, Giordano brothers were actually uh, workers at one of the original Nancy's. And that's kind of, there's a big article on this. I don't remember when, but it's just funny because it all like stems from passion. I think people are just so passionate about their pizza here and they just, it's funny how it all plays out. Um, but you are kind of right. He he like took their vision and their love for it and just really made it into such a cool thing. Such an American dream, right? I know. I love it. And yeah, so I, that was kind of like my first taste into the food world, just, you know, having him with the restaurant background. And um, it, it was sort of one of my first, you know, I would say I worked in restaurants for a bit, but then I came back to Chicago and worked for the company and all three of my brothers now work with the company as well. And it's truly like the most fun thing that we're all passionate about food to start and then like want to help, you know, build that business as well. That is such a great story. And what a legacy. I mean, an absolute mm-hmm. legacy. It's so fun. It's fun to be part of that Chicago like culture of it all. And and yeah, so that's that was the start of it. So definitely like my dad, just especially loving to cook. He cooked every Sunday with the family. We made, you know, big dinners and we just we love food in general. All of our holidays revolve around making tons of food together. And Naturally, yeah. I, I'm hoping there's Sunday gravy. I'm hoping you guys do Sunday gravy. Oh, yeah. OK. Me, my, so my, both sides of the family have Italian roots and our favorite sauce though is my grandma, we called it her sauce, but it was actually my grandpa's mother's recipe. And growing up, we would call it Boo Nunu's, which is really interesting because Busha, she's Polish. We like assumed it was her sauce. But it really wasn't it, like it was just a funny thing to realize one day, like, oh, she's actually making my grandpa's sauce because he's Italian. That makes sense. <laughs> and For she's sure. Polish. She like she loves oh, she loves food, too. It's just so fun. It is. It is. I come from a food family, too. Um, it's important. And I think the biggest part of it is that it truly brings the family together and you know, I, I've chatted with, you know, friends and other acquaintances where that was never a big thing in their family. And I always so heartbreaking to me. It's like, I just don't, I can't imagine growing up without having everybody gathering around the table for Sunday dinner. I just can't imagine it. Can't imagine it. And right. It's almost like for us, it is the activity of the gathering. You know, I think a lot of other times it could be like, everyone's bringing something, which is so nice as well. And, or you're ordering, but for us, like Thanksgiving Day, it, we're not doing anything but but cooking all day. And that's how we spend our time together. And it's just, it's special. Yeah. Well, while we're on the topic of Kayla the Kid, I read that you were a figure skater. Ooh, I was. And I'm now wondering where I put that out in the world. It's on your website. Is that on my website? Yeah. Also, I'm a journalist. Thank you. <laughs> um, I should have expected you were going to dig a little bit. So, yeah. Tell me about figure skating. How'd that start? Yeah, figure skating was another thing that was kind of like just part of our family. My uncle um, was a hockey player and then be- went on to be a college hockey coach. My dad played hockey. And basically all of us, my three brothers and I, we were just kind of put on the ice at a very early age, sure. at like two or three years old, just kind of put there to see if we liked it. And all four of us loved it. They went on to play hockey. I started skating um, and it was pretty, I, I skated competitively for about 15 years. It was sort of my first, it's funny. I feel like I've had these two like really big passions in life that I've pursued. And the first was skating and then food Um and it was interesting because it was it really did change my childhood a little bit from like a typical kid. I I would leave school early to go and train. You know, it was very competitive, very um, at an elite level. But I wouldn't like it was just such a cool experience as well. How long did you do it? 
I, so from three years old, I pretty much then started like by six years old, I was competing. Um, and I competed through a junior year of high school. So I was about, I want to say around 16. Um, and I really went far with it. I made it to like the national level. It was an Olympic year. Um, the last year I was competing at nationals, which is really just super cool. And, um, but it's, you know, skating's kind of, it's a younger sport. You kind of at that age, you it's easy to fizzle out where, you know, I was in high school. I just, I didn't want to leave early anymore. I was, you know, dealing with injuries and all this stuff. So it felt like the right time to kind of just, you know, put it in the past and be done with it. But I still like, I just went skating the other week because it's just such a fun skill to like keep up, you know? Yeah. I'm super jealous of, of ice skaters. I've never learned how, and it just looks so freeing yeah the gliding the it's like a very freeing experience Mm. to be out there and you're right if you didn't kind of feel like it's with any sport but if you didn't start as a kid you just it's very hard to pick up but if you skate as a kid like I won't be able to do like you know the really cool stuff I used to do, but I will always be able to skate and like make it look like I know how to skate, which is just so interesting. I've seen the videos in different countries where you have these, you know, creeks or rivers or even ginormous lakes that freeze over and people are skating on them. And I'm thinking to myself, you're literally on on frozen water with like I like razor blades on your feet. Like it's insane. I have seen those blow up as well. And I've never, that's terrifying because yeah. it looks like ice can crack at any moment. Yeah. Um, but like so inspiring, so cool to like go find a place and skate in the wide open. Like that is so cool. <laughs> so I also read you went to University of Illinois with figure skating somewhat, you know, you'd made that decision in high school to kind of leave that where it was. What were you thinking you wanted to do with life? So when I stopped skating, um, it was such a huge part of my life that I really did have a couple years where I was like just a very lost on what mm-hmm. was going to be next. Um, I was really missing having something, you know, that I love doing and that like I could work at it every day. And um, I took a couple years to just kind of like like I said, I can't explain it other than feeling a little lost with sure. things. But the fun thing is that I remember at one skating competition, like in my last year of competing, we had a lull in the day where I was like needing to just take a break. And it was the first time I flipped on the Food Network channel and I was watching Food Network and just this random little like break I had in the day of this, you know, skating competition. And from there, I was kind of then randomly hooked on the Food Network and that I would pinpoint as like kind of the beginning of just, you know, my family, my dad was always into cooking, but that was like the moment I really became into like, ooh, I I want to learn that. I want to like try that myself. So after a couple of years, like I think in high school, I started just cooking myself. I would make Food Network recipes. I would watch the Food Network so much. I genuinely think I learned so much from watching like on repeat day after day from, you know, 3 till 7 p.m., those back-to-back shows because right. they were so instructional. Um, I just remember I just started cooking and it got into my brain, especially after seeing my dad, you know, make a career out of it. Like, ooh, maybe I could do something with this. Um, And I really wanted to go to culinary school right after high school, but I decided like, all right, let's go to college, four-year degree, you know, get that experience and just kind of maybe give myself a little bit more options of, you know, a career path. Um, But I stuck with like the theme. So I studied hospitality management and business kind of thinking like, you know, something in restaurants or the entertainment industry, not truly not really knowing like what was going to come of it. I just like was really stuck on that field of, Mm -hmm. you know, there was nothing else I wanted to do. Um, so during college, then at um, the University of Illinois, I was studying that. And then in my summers, I would go work at restaurants um, back 
back home. So I kind of got my first taste of like restaurant life, what it felt like to be in the kitchen. Um, and with each step, I just knew I really loved this more. And that led me to then go to culinary school after after college. So, and not only did you go to culinary school, but you went to culinary school in Napa. <laughs> I mean, swoon, hashtag swoon right now. It, I can't even like lie. It was too good. It, <laughs> it was such a dream. Um, such a dream. I was toying between, so the Culinary Institute has like a New York location um, in Hyde Park, and then it has the Napa location. Um, and Napa had a really cool accelerated program. If you already had gone to college, you could go there and just kind of it was like an eight month sort of condensed culinary school. Um, and I will say, like, I think this experience out there was what just solidified how much I loved it because it wasn't only the cooking, like it was the first taste of like really being in this food world that just existed so clearly out there. Like, with the school, the restaurants, all the connections with like the chefs and just the land of like California and Napa and all of it, it just was like, I was so immersed in all of it out there and it was incredible. Do you feel like if you would have done this right after high school, you know, I'm a big timing person. So do you think that you went to culinary school at just the right time? that you were meant to go to culinary school, if that makes totally. sense. Okay. I completely think so. I My first year of college, I actually went to Michigan State um, because they had a really good hospitality program. But at the time, I was like, I was homesick. I was I didn't want to be in Michigan. I was kind of like, I just want to go back to Illinois where I know all my people. And I wasn't in the mindset really of like truly doing what was like going to be the best and like awesome for a career. I was just kind of, I don't think personally I was there yet. Um, so by the time, like I finished college, had that experience, felt like I got, you know, all of that and really felt set up for like, kind of like going and doing something of that nature. It totally was the right timing. How do you think culinary school changed you? Because obviously you went in one one version of Kayla, you came out a different version because all of these things happened after culinary school. So how do you think that changed you? What do you think really happened while you were there that made things click? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I could really talk like in so many different ways, but a few things like one, you know, from going to going to a really big college, you've you're meeting so many people all over the board and your connections with people are kind of just uh it's all around just like we're all friends at this college type feel so initially like what my mind comes to is at in napa and at the school it was a class of 50 people who were just all so passionate about food and the same thing and so having like that initial i mean one of my best friends i met the first day out there we drove you know up the napa valley like drive together and got to the school and like the way we connected over what we were about to go do and start and like the way I was able to talk to people there about like you know my dreams for my career and just my love for food it made such a huge impact on me really and like just everyone out there you know sharing in that same passion helped give me such a deeper like like, oh, people are like loving this too. And like, I can now have a clearer vision of like what I can do with it. 100%. You're, you're surrounded by people who obviously want to be there, who have the same drive and passion as you do. It's like journalism school for me. You're around all of these people who we all have kind of the same goal in mind, right? It's like, that's where we want to go. And then on top of that, you're in this community that is centered around food and wine, two of my absolutely favorite things. So it's just like when you're around, as we started the conversation, when you're around people that share those passions, you can't help but get your fire burning. 
Exactly. And I have, I've got a comment on that about like where I'm at now in life that I'll come back to because right. It's, you're just immersed and like you're for one, it was such a cool place. I mean, right. Napa, you've got so much available, available in terms of like food and, you know, the land and everything out there, you know, farm to table cooking and everything was so mm-hmm. like, it was all there, but then the people helped me kind of like connect to that and realized what I was actually in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the chefs at the school and like, just, they have this world of knowledge that was so cool to, to learn from and experience like food through their eyes and through what they were teaching us and going to restaurants, going to wineries, working at like, I remember I worked at this event um, on the San Francisco Bay that I was just like, it was just kind of opening my eyes to this whole world of what's out there Mm -hmm. coming from, you know, knowing just what I knew at in college. So yeah. It's dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dreamy. I loved it so much that a couple of us, my close friends and I, we stayed after the program ended um, because truly eight months just wasn't, it went too fast. Mm -hmm. We needed more time like in this environment. Um, So we got a little house together and we, we all started working in restaurants. um, And I worked out there for about six months before moving back home. Um, Do you feel like working out there after culinary school solidified some things for you? Were you like, yep. I, I did. Yep. I checked that box. I did the right thing. This was another, you know, interesting time because when I graduated culinary school, that felt like such an accomplishment and like such a cool experience in the, in the books there. But then it was also kind of like this, another blank start, you mm. know, a fresh start of like, okay, what do I do with this? You know? Now what? <laughs> now what? Yeah. Like, okay. I knew I wanted to get this really like immersive experience learning, you know, fundamental cooking. But now what do I do with it? So having had already worked in some restaurants prior back here, just like little kind of intern stints, it definitely felt like the ne- next logical step would just be to get a job in a restaurant. Um, the school at the time when we graduated was offering a really cool experience where for eight weeks um, we were able to they were going to house us and we worked um, in their restaurant that the school had. It was called like the Wine Spectator Restaurant. Um, and that was almost like, okay, I'm going to say yes to that, get another little taste of restaurant life. And then really, I think actually at that time when I did that, I didn't know if I was going to stay in Napa. I was like, let me just give myself a little extra time out here. Um, so I did that. And then a friend of mine had gotten a job at Bouchon uh, Bistro out there. Um, and I was like, okay, that's really cool. I want to do it too. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So I just kept like kind of slowly listening to the, like what was, you know, sounding like the next best thing to do with all of it. And I was loving restaurants at the moment. And so I took a restaurant job at Bouchon. Um, and then that that being my true full, first like full restaurant experience, it wasn't just in summer internship, that clarified a couple things. One, that I do love the restaurant industry, but two, the lifestyle of working in a restaurant was not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big moment. Um, it was a really hard, challenging job. It was it, the closest thing I feel like people could relate to of like how they portray restaurants on TV, <laughs> you know, the the intensity of it all. It was a very, you know, intense experience. Um, I'm also somewhat of like a perfectionist. So at the time, I just felt such pressure to do an amazing job there. And it was really it just took a toll on me physically. I mean, I was working the morning shift. I think I got up at, I would get up at 3 a.m., get there at about 4, 4.30. Uh, the first day I got in trouble because 
the schedule said 5.30, but apparently I was supposed to know that that meant 4.30 in the restaurant world. Um, oh. You're supposed to come an hour earlier and just work off the clock for a little bit. Um, stayed until like between 4 and 6 p.m. I would leave. I would come home and just do it all over again. My friend at the time I was living with was working the night shift and I would basically wake up when she was getting home. It was really wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, I bet. That sounds crazy. I would be screwed because I'm late all the time. And so that whole hour early thing, yeah, I'd be fired like after two days probably easily. Totally. I It was a like wake up call that first day. But part of me did love it. Like I loved the challenge. I loved the adrenaline of, of it all. It was a really like interesting time because like half of me loved it so much and half of me was like, I, as a job, this I just can't quite do this. Sure. I This may be cheesy. I, I feel like sometimes, especially lately, um, we all write chapters of our books, right? Like of our the book of our life. We're writing these chapters. And your chapter was on, you know, culinary school. And then you did some restaurant, you know, restaurant work out there. Do you feel like at some point you were like, and chapter's done, period. Close that book. Hmm. I love that concept. I think it was it wasn't as clean and black and white in the moment. Sure. I think now I really look back and be like, yes, a great closure to that chapter, that time, that experience. In the middle, it was much more indecisive of like, Mm -hmm. you know, part of me was like, oh, I went to culinary school out here. This is what I wanted to do and why this is what I'm going for. Like I should love working in a restaurant. I should continue this. Like I was, I was really torn with what to do kind of like in the midst of that experience. I will also say it was a very unique cooking, like restaurant experience. I think there's so many more restaurants that are more chill and kind of not quite what I did there. <laughs> probably. Yes. <laughs> You're probably accurate. So I guess then what happened what happened where you were like, I'm, I'm going home. I'm done. I did it. Yeah, I think I had in my mind that I wanted to do six, like at least reach six months at that restaurant. Um, so I completed that, you know, little check mark in my mind. And it really almost was, it wasn't as like, I didn't leave as great of a feeling as I wanted. I left feeling just really burnt out at Ooh. that. Mm -hmm. experience. So I was feeling burnt out with it. I was thinking, okay, what, what is the fix here? You know, I'm, I never like to sit in a situation too long that doesn't, you know, feel good. You know, you just, you want your life to feel good. And even at the time I was like, I know I love this. This is what I, you know, I want to succeed in this restaurant, but it just isn't working for me. Um, so it just seemed like a natural point to come back home. Um, doing another restaurant out there didn't really excite me. I I didn't know what other career I could start out there. Um, but a side note, I had actually already started my website um, at the time. So back in college is when I actually started the Original Dish website. Um, totally different time with it then, but it was like there and created and I had always treated it like a side hobby project. Um, when I was out in Napa, I really didn't, you know, do much of anything with it. Because um, you didn't have time. Still... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ain't got no time. You moved from that restaurant job and just like sat for a good four hours mm-hmm. and went to bed. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And then days off, you know, you I wanted to experience the area and all all of it. So um, when I started thinking about stopping working at that restaurant, I knew I had this website created and it was like, it had gained this subtle, small enough traction that gave me the thought of like, ooh, I could maybe mm-hmm. keep going with this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was just a natural point. I went back home um with the idea I'm going to take a pause from restaurants um I'm going to work 
with my family company to kind of get my feet on the ground in Chicago while also starting to ramp up uh, the website. Was food blogging always the idea? Did that develop while you were back home during this time? Mm, I'm trying to kind of remember how food blogging fit into like my... I definitely started the website knowing it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to do this to mm-hmm. do this. I knew I wanted to do something with it. Um, I had seen at the time, like, I think it was justataste.com or something. And she, Kelly from Just a Taste, she wrote like food blogging for dummies. And I just started to like see different sites out there. It was truly sort of maybe just five years or so after food blogging was starting to become more of a career in an industry. And I, I remember just kind of thinking like, Ooh, I could, I could do something like that. And it also scratched my itch of like having something of my own to work on. Kind of like I was saying with skating and having this just something to like, I really loved the idea of entrepreneurship in general and just like working on something for myself. So that played into kind of why I started it. Um, but even once I, you know, quit the restaurant job, I I didn't quite know what I could do with it. I just sort of thought like, and I don't think anyone at the time really realized how big food blogging was going to be. Um, so it was, it was at that point for like a good three years or so, I was just kind of like very much balancing like, working, you know, with my family on Nancy's. I did a lot of their recipe development, a lot of just a lot of stuff there. And then just kind of like toying with like, ooh, can I, what can I do here? Like how much can I learn in the food blogging world? And, you know. Right. But at some point, I mean, the light bulb went off for you because, I mean, you just, you kind of, you kind of went in head first <laughs> a little bit. I did. I did. I, I want to say about 2020 is when I, it was the first year I did. Um, I, you know, told the family that they knew for years that it was working on the blog sure. to be my full-time um, job one day. And I, it was just getting a little too much to balance both. Um, I was starting to make, you know, enough income with the, with my own, I, I'll call it a business just in general, because I'm was making, you know, income from the website, mm-hmm. from partnering with companies to kind of, and everything I was doing for it under that name of the original dish, I just kind of started to see, you know, enough traction where I could be like, okay, let's just go with this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny you said 2020, um, you know, the shit show that was the pandemic. I feel like that's truly changed so many ideas out there. And these things that we were doing just were not good enough anymore. And it really was the year of like, what is my passion? I'm just going to go for it. And the fact that we couldn't be around people actually helped a lot of us like kind of create these jobs. I mean, because you hear the story over and over again. You really do. And right, especially with stuff online, because it was just such a natural thing to do when you're sitting at home alone is to work on something for yourself digitally. So it really just, it kind of made sense um, to do it then. And then it also lined up with my, you know, feeling like I had enough years under my belt doing it as a hobby where I was just like, all right, I think I understand, you know, enough of what this is, how to monetize it, how to kind of sustain it. And I was just excited to start, you know, it was so nice to just be able to work on it fully. Um, sure. And that's truly what I've been doing since. So I've interviewed a handful of food bloggers. And first of all, I think y'all are nuts um, (laughs) because the amount of work, you know, we see a recipe, we see some pretty pictures, we see some pretty video, and then we hop on your website and there's like, you know, the story behind it maybe and different variations and the recipe. And I'm like, oh, that seems easy enough. Um, no. Food blogging is insane. The amount of work that goes into one recipe. Um, I am blown away. I mean, the interviews that I've done have really taught me the amount of work that goes into food blogging, the checklist, all the things you have to do. So if I go and search something, a recipe, 
your goal is that the original dish will pop up first. Right, right. I think a great way to think of it, because I totally agree that it's hard to understand the concept of a food blog if you're not in it. Yeah. Um, the funny thing, I, I get that feeling a lot too of I think people just associate, right, oh, it's just, you've just posted something. You've, you know, you're just kind of, I don't think people really get the the back end of it, but I think a great way to think about it is like, it's essentially what a magazine, a, a digital magazine mm-hmm. company does in terms of like producing, even just the producing content aspects. Like there is a team of people to do each part of that production process to get that content on a website. And for a food blogger, if you're doing it on your own, you're, you're each part of the process. And, and that's just kind of talking about content, like the food then aspect of it too. You know, you are, you are the dishwasher, you are the grocery shopper, you are, Mm -hmm. you know, developing the recipe, you are develop, you know, testing it multiple times. You are shooting it. You are shooting a video of it. You're, you're styling it. You're taking photos of it. You're editing those photos. You are writing copy around right. the website you are marketing it and then you're doing it all over again for each I know. individual recipe so it's y'all are wild. nuts y'all are yeah, nuts I, don't think <laughs> I mean just the amount of work I was just I was just thinking that and the blog itself has to be entertaining maybe kind of funny um interesting it has to grab me and then if it doesn't grab me, I want to be able to jump to the recipe instantly. I, I just I just feel like there's so much work that goes into this. And I've asked all of you guys the same question, like, why? Why do you keep doing it? And I know the answer, mm. but why? It's funny because I've thought to myself, actually, right, why don't I just, if I love to cook, because that would be kind of my instinct answer, I love to cook, I, I could go cook in a different way. I think your question really hits on like, right, why this specific way of doing this? And there's got to be something, I'm so interested in what other people answer to this, because there's kind of like almost something addicting about the process in a way. Mm-hmm. And like what I just described with the food, the content piece, that is just right. One layer of like, you also are able to then create a brand, a website. For me, it actually, I've always thought of myself as like a very equally type A and type B person. And I think food blogging weirdly like hits this so on the head of like, it allows me to be in my type A brain of, you know, doing tech work for my website and planning and organizing and meticulously like testing a recipe. But then I also get to be creative and, you know, think of the visuals and it just allows me to like tap into just so many different things that I love. And I think that's why it's really unique. It's most jobs out there in a position you're, you're kind of in this one lane of, you know, I could go be a food stylist, but then I would be craving to like make a, you know, marketing calendar. You know what I mean? Like this just this specific food blogging thing like allows me to really do it all in that sense. I love that answer. And I love that you just said that because this whole interview, you know, you're talking and I'm like, who type A, she's type A, type A, type A. (laughs) It just, it oozes, it oozes out of you. But I'm very much the same way. I love a good checklist. I love to do the technical things. It has to be perfect. It has to be clean and crisp. But then I also love to be creative and do video and edit and make things pretty and swooshy and not, you know, dreamy. So I love that you said that because I think there's nothing wrong with you don't have to just be type A. You can be you can be do all the things, have your checklist and then be dreamy at the same time. Exactly. I love that. I love that answer. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because it's kind of almost how I structure my week in a way of like if it's Monday morning, I'm going to get, I'm going to be on my computer and I'm being structured. I'm being type A, but on a Thursday night, you know, I'll pour a glass of wine, 
blast my music and I'll just start cooking and testing a recipe. And like, right, there's, you can have, you got so many different sides to yourself that like this allows me to do work in a way that like really taps into all of it. And I mean, that to me is a beautiful level of success that you're doing exactly what you want to do and how you want to do it. So kudos to you. Um, And I want to get back to one reason why I think y'all do it is because that positive feedback that you get or when someone says like, I made this recipe and it was incredibly delicious and it's a new favorite um, because I know you get that positive feedback. That's addicting too. Yeah, that is, it's addicting on like a really almost personal level because to this day I still it's been years now where someone could tell me that like they've made a recipe of mine and they love it and you know their family loves it. They make it every week for their kids. And But every time I hear that, it's still just like, wow, something I just did here in my kitchen, you're making and now it's like a part of your family life. Like that, it really is the coolest thing. And I think that is like the power of the internet and social media where like stuff you do and you love you have the ability to share with so many people. Yes, that is like, I would say right up there in the reason of like why you would just keep doing this. Yeah, for sure. And it's also, you know, it's so funny because you can get a thousand beautiful comments and then there's maybe one negative comment and you're like, really? And that's that sometimes for a lot of us, that's what we focus on is that negative comment. I look at comments when you guys are posting things some of my favorite food bloggers, and I don't engage stupid on the internet, so I never say anything, but I love it. I love that your followers um, totally like stick up for you guys. It's so great. They're like, she said that in the video. Like, (laughs) it's beautiful. It's wild. That's a part of like being on social media and doing something online that I've never loved. I've never, there's so much ridiculousness out there that- That's been a very big like challenge for me to just kind of completely tune it out. You have to. Really. You have to. Someone posts a throw up emoji on your pasta. You just can't care. (laughs) Because it almost it's not it's just not real. It's not like you've got to stay in like real life while also being in digital life. Because that's just not real. I mean. I was raised in the South, so I'm I'm polite and I have manners. Like I was brought up to, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, you just shut up, don't say anything. And that's why I say I don't engage stupid because it's like there's no point. You're not going to get anywhere and you've just got to let it roll off your back. There's truly no point. And I'm sure most anyone doing this, and I've talked to many like, you know, friends who are food bloggers and they'll say the same, but mm-hmm. it can be a huge, um, it can easily get in your way if you let it. Like I have had to really, I, I think doing anything creatively or putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. sharing something you've made with the world, honestly, is uh, I feel like over these years, that's been my biggest hurdle that I work on every day is just having the self kind of like, confidence and truly the disregard of like what comments and people could say you just got to get over it like you just have to because anyone doing anything I think in the world of anything really if they let people's the idea of what people would say or think there wouldn't be anything out in the world you know totally and I was on tv for about 20 years and I got great comments from viewers and I got horrible comments from you horrible like it always shocked me like why do you think it's okay for you to say that to me and on one hand I was like hey I'm putting myself out there I'm putting myself on tv every night and so I have to have a backbone and so it got to the point where I would read it I would let myself get sad over it or emotional or angry and then I would crumble it up and throw it in the trash. So it's not like I would do that instantly, right? I would sit with it for a second, let my brain kind of process it, and then I'd throw it away. And I didn't even think about it ever again. But you're right, it is part of, it's part of the process. And I think, 
You know, you have to be, you have to be strong with that because then on the flip side, look at all of the people who adore you and adore your blog and that's why you keep going. Right. That's what you have to focus on. And I think too, something that really helped me was like, if I ever hit a moment where I'm like, this is, I just don't want to keep putting myself out there like this. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want what I do for work to be so open to this kind of potential criticism. I just thought of really any business in the world. Like I thought back to my um, family's company with Nancy's, like anyone can say anything about Nancy's on Yelp. There's a million restaurant reviews full of nonsense and like Mm -hmm. negative stuff where it's really, it's in so many different like industries and just places of work that it's not, it would never be a reason to like not do this. You know what I mean? No way. Absolutely not. And I guess with that, when did you see your numbers start to grow specifically on, on Instagram? Extremely slow and steady over the years. I can't really pinpoint like a shooting off point with it. I know I had when I was, I don't know why I remember this number. I had 8,000 followers on Instagram when I was in culinary school. And every milestone was like, oh my God, there's actually people, you know, here following along. But it was such a gradual growth. And I just, it was just the consistency of continuing to put things out there. And I think if people don't know about Instagram, like if you, engagement is kind of exponential. So if you start to have, content and recipes that like people, you know, are loving, it, it's just going to kind of exponentially go from there. Yeah. It's all about putting in like that high quality content over a long period of time. Absolutely. Really. And I love that it's been slow and steady. That's how you win the race, in my opinion. So that's how you get there. Um, I did see, okay, William Sonoma follows you. Did you know that, <laughs> Kayla? I think I did know that only because um, I went on a trip with them as a spot, like, so I've worked with them before. So yes, which is incredible. And I mean, I get it. They have a social media person, but still I was, you know, back in October of 2022, when I reached out to you, I was like, William Sonoma, William Sonoma, <laughs> William Sonoma. Like, I'm just like, how cool is that? That's so rad. Thank you. It's, it's wild. It's really cool. And again, it's, um, right. I still get those goosebumps of like that people sure. who I find really cool and are seeing my work. The other day, a girl um, showed me that Nancy Myers is following me. The like, shut <laughs> up. Are you kidding me? I weirdly got more excited for that than anything else because, like, I mean, hello, the holiday. The holiday. A, a bazillion movies. Do you okay? Do you also realize? Okay, now I just got really excited. Um, she has there's not she, but someone put together a Nancy Myers, uh, like cooking kitchen playlist on Spotify. I I already okay. like and okay follow it. So yes. next time, yes. So like that's when I cook. That's what I want to listen to is the Nancy Myers kitchen playlist, and every movie that she's ever created produced. If you notice. The kitchens in mm. the, the kitchen, the homes, the the scenery, everything's so magnificent and beautiful. And I'm just like, she's on my list of of podcast interviews. I want Nancy Myers on here so bad. Well, I'm maybe s- we're met, like met right I'm now so because- that's amazing that she follows you. That's amazing. I was shook because Right. You kind of expect social media now. It is so cool when people follow you, but also it just is what the world is. Like you almost expect people in the food space. We're all going to kind of like somehow come across each other's work and content. But her, I was Mm -hmm. just. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can tell she loves to cook. You can just tell Mm -hmm. because, right, how do you create those kitchens and that whole vibe in the movies without it? So. And there's always like, I feel like there's always a visit to some fancy like French market or, you know, just whatever. It's just incredible. So Nancy Myers, we love you. 
Yeah, Diane Keaton and something's got to give like yes. her the market or just like that's who I aspire to be oh. truly. And the pasta and then she's putting down these gorgeous wine glasses and they're pouring wine and I'm like, yes, give me the thing, all of these things, give them to me. Yes. So Nancy Myers, if you're listening, Kayla and I love you. Put us in your next movie. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to wrap up just a little bit, but I have a few like fast and hot questions for you. Um, do you think you have a theme with your food? Is there is there a central theme? The, the word I always say is seasonal. Okay. Um, it's very, and that's something I really fell in love with in Napa was like learning how to truly like cook seasonally and, you know, go to the farmer's market, yeah. find that kind of food. But with, with what I share, it's like, I think how people use it at least is like things they would make if they're entertaining for a dinner party. Mm. Um, but it's really all over the board. I, I have a lot of Italian influences mm -hmm. there, I would say. Um, I think it's like the flavor combinations are just really exciting. It's kind of just anything I, I kind of, my tagline is like inspired recipes because it's just what I'm getting inspired by. Yep. If I see, you know, a beautiful like seasonal leak, like I just want to make something with that. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I think when I look at your food, um, real comes to mind. It's real food, real things. That's a very, I like that as well. Yeah. Right. Because I also, you know, I'm here making and cook. Like, it's what I eat. You know what I mean? It's what I. Right. If I'm going to like a friend's house and need to bring an appetizer, I make, it's one of the recipes I have because it's like what I'm actually, it's like I'm living, it's how I live with this food, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I occasionally. I I yeah. Um, I occasionally cook on Instagram. And it's just, it's whatever I'm making for dinner that night. And it's like, oh, hey, guys, you want to see this? Because I'm just like, yeah, it's what it's what I'm craving that day. Ah, exactly. What, And I kind of love that flexibility with it. Um, but seasonal and fresh and kind of Italian influence is what I would say with a mix of just like kind of whatever I want to make. Yeah, perfect. Um, what do you think is the most important thing or things to have in your pantry and then have in your fridge. Ooh, okay. I don't know why the balloons are going. I have no idea why <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I thought I turned those off. is excited about, about our uh, conversation. Um, pantry, really, really simple stuff. So kosher salt and fresh cracked black pepper not like the tin of shaked pepper just like mm -hmm. whole peppercorn like freshly cracked um good good olive oil a good neutral oil for cooking um i'm not too spice heavy in food so i would say just like a collection of spices that you know you'll use and that you know you know you always grab um dried pasta dried rice dried beans and I think you're kind of set there. Okay, perfect. I love that list. What about the fridge? The fridge, um, I always have like, you know, eggs and milk on hand if I want to bake something. I've always got fresh herbs. That's kind of my key. I think if I were to say one thing is fresh herbs because you really can make any dish um, like on a random weeknight and just put a few herbs in there and it's going to come alive and taste so much better. Um, I always need to have citrus, um, some type of acid to finish food with. Gosh, my fridge is truly overflowing with so many things. So I'm trying to like condense this down of what an actual, you know, mm -hmm. everyday normal cook would make. But I got to just say those fresh herbs are yeah. really key. I think that's a great list. Um, there was a, something you mentioned we were talking about, I think – you were talking about culinary school and you said, looking back then to where you are now in life. Yes, totally forgot about that. So just a really interesting thing for me is that that experience with the community there in culinary school and now after doing um, basically my own 
business for a handful of years, I've experienced that sort of lack of community in a lot of ways of just like working alone and, and not having a team, like not having as many people just so easily to, you know, on an everyday basis, talk about what, you know, work and things. So I've like, remember that experience a lot and how impactful it was to have that. And it's really just something I'm trying to like bring into my work now of like, making more connections, networking more, you know, becoming friends with just people in the industry and collaborating with people. So I, I just, it was something that like, I always really remembered as being so impactful there. And I definitely felt it for a long time when I was just working on my own, like not having that. Oh, for sure. Um, Cookbook? Is there a cookbook in your future? There is definitely a very near goal of writing a cookbook. Yes. Nothing is in true works yet, but it's really something I want to do very soon. So Um, I would buy it. I would be in line to buy it. Again, I just think your your food is so real and uh, approachable is another great word for it. I'm not intimidated by it or maybe I am just enough that I want to tackle it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good goal like for me to keep in mind, right? It's like exciting enough where you want to make it, you want to like present this to the, you know, people you're cooking for. Mm-hmm. Still, it's very approachable. So, Absolutely. Uh, you heard yeah. it here first, everybody. Ah, well, thank you. Um, also, before we get to the final three, um, I love your accent so much. This <laughs> this Chicago you this Chicagoan accent is just music to my ears. I love it. I will never understand when people tell me I have an accent. Oh, you it's do. Just you do, sister. Funny. Yeah, it's a mm. good one though. It's one of my faves. It's absolutely one of my faves. Okay, let's get to the final three. Kayla Howie, um, best advice you've ever been given. I think the best piece of advice, and it can apply for, you know, career life in general, is the simple like concept of don't wait. In anything you want to do for life, like, because I am such, like you already have noticed, the type A and and just people can get in their own way. There's always going to be another excuse. There's always going to be a reason not to. It's never going to be the right time to do something. Just don't wait and just just start something. That's good. That's good. (laughs) I always feel I love this question because I always feel like my guests give me advice that I'm needing to hear right now. And you just gave me something that I need to hear right now. Don't wait. Go for it. Just do it. It's I'm honestly saying it to myself as well, because like, yeah, you just you'll be waiting for so long. Like I sure you know, as well, there's things I've like had an idea for probably three years ago. And I'm like, well, I'll just get to that after I finish something else or something. Yeah. And it's been three years and it just doesn't get done. So like this is also a piece of advice I think that goes with it. And I heard it from, I love like personal development stuff. I heard it from Marie Forleo. She says, clarity comes with action, not with thought. So like oh. if you get, like I truly think about that all the time. If you just are thinking about it, in trying to make a decision if you should do it or not, you will not know. Like you have to get it in your body and act on something to know if you're going to like want that to be part of your life. So I don't know. And you also never know if you can do something if you don't just do it. If you if you don't just try to do it, you, you'll you never know if you can go there. Yeah. I love so that. Simple, but- it's great advice. Don't wait, people. Um, What's your happy place? Ooh, I've got so many, but my, I've actually always called like my whole life, I would call this my happy place. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side live in Galena, Illinois. And I don't know if you know Galena, mm-hmm. but their home, it's kind of in the middle of the nowhere. It's a cottage type vibe. And just whenever we go there, it's my happy place because it's one of those places that like the rest of the world just melts away and you're just totally present and happy there. So that's my happy place. My grandparents' house. Love it. That hit me on the feels. Um, in all things food and drink, what do you crave? What always sounds good to you? Um, 
I know I'm totally biased, but I could eat a stuffed cheese Nancy's pizza every single day of my life. And I honestly, like, I honestly kind of eat it at least once a week. So Chicago cheese stuffed pizza from Nancy's for sure. Um, does Nancy's ship? Um, yes, we ship frozen pizzas. I can't say they are quite the same as getting it fresh out of the oven here, but sure. pretty good. Oh, I'm sure. I'll just have to I'll just have to travel to Chicago, I guess. Absolutely. And do that. Um, Kayla Howie, you have been so fun. I really appreciate you're one of those that I put in the category. Um, you you did your homework and you got the assignment right because you truly I can see like the gears in your brain working with every question. And I so appreciate that. Like I really love the intent and the thoughtfulness behind everything we talked about today. So thank you. I am pulling for me. I'm pulling for you all the way, you know, from Oregon over here. And I'm just so excited to follow you. And yeah, let's, let's talk about that cookbook when it comes out. (laughs) No, I am so glad we finally got to connect and chat and honestly, thank you. This was so, so awesome to talk all about food and you know, I I know. I know. Well, thank you again. Um, And again, uh, if you want to follow Kayla on Instagram, I highly recommend it. The Original Dish is where you can find her. And then your website, you post all your recipes on your website too, right? Everything's on the website and then a lot of fun videos and different things on Instagram. Okay. I'm going to make that um, mushroom pasta. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I think I might make it again. Yeah. It looks incredible. Okay. Once again- It's a good winter- Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I think anything, I mean, I could eat pasta probably every single day, but it's just good and hearty. It's hibernation food. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. All right. Stay warm in Chicago, Kayla. Thank you so much again for being here. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma with me, Trish Glose. You can watch this podcast and subscribe on my YouTube channel. Just search Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma. You can also listen and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts.